deep faith and Amen. I'm not used to this gizmo here, so if it's too loud or not loud enough, let me know. Um, Y'all might be wondering why I'm up here, and sometimes I wonder why I'm up here, to be honest with you. Um, I was telling the service, you know, not long after Jim got here, I would mentioned to Jim about, hey, you know, I think it's very, I think it's great when a church has lay people involved and they speak and stuff because it gives people an understanding of what's going on in the membership and everything. Lord knows, I didn't know I was going to be the first one that he'd asked to do it. So he asked me to do it back, I guess, in December. Uh, and I have a hard time saying no. God's done so much for me uh, in my life. So, and I won't make any apologies because the, the snot bubbles are coming. I can promise you that. Um, just bear with me. I'll get through it. But uh, it, it's tears of joy. Uh, not of sadness, so just understand that. Um, I will share one little thing. Um, got here this morning. I was talking to Jim in the fellowship hall. Addie calls. It's eight thirty-five. I'm like, "Good Lord, what's going on at the house on Sunday morning?" Well, she gets on the phone and she goes, uh, "I got the girls here. And we want to pray for you." You talking about crib tonight for a man that thinks he's got a tough heart? You let two little <laughs> you let little girls and a wife get on the phone and, and, and pray for you. Um, it's crib tonight. Uh, for for a grown man, so it's wonderful. But I got I got set straight because I came in and sat down. Porter Jonathan Porter walks in here at nine o'clock, sits down next to me, and goes, "Hey man, don't worry about what happens." He said, "They probably don't have much expectation out of you anyway." <laughs> so uh, I got both sides of it. So um, it keep me even. So it's uh, but I'm ble- I'm blessed to be here today. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Um, in the fall of two thousand eight, I was kind of at a point in my life where. Uh, Everything in my life had changed as I'd known it the last six to 12 months. I had a new job. I moved back to Statesboro. Um, I was having to find a new social group. Um, and as I was trying to figure out who I was, as I was being healed mentally, spiritually, physically, um, as God had walked me through an alcohol addiction. Um, and I was removed from that, but not a long way from it. Uh, but most of my issues were self-inflicted. Um, and I didn't know what the next step for me was in life. Um, I was getting reacquainted with God. Uh, I'd, I'd taken him out of the out of the storeroom. I dusted him off, and I kind of put him back at the center of my life. Um, I certainly didn't know how to pursue God on a daily basis or persevere. And now that I've had a little time to reflect in, in the last ten years, uh, I'd like to share some thoughts about pursuing God and persevering in life. Um, so, what is perseverance? It has two definitions. If you look it up, one of them is continuing with an undertaking in spite of difficulty, opposition, or discouragement. And the other one is remaining steadfast in purpose. Let's talk about the first one. Continuing with an undertaking in spite of difficulty, opposition, or discouragement. I kind of look at this as um, what I would call unintentional perseverance. We don't have a whole lot of choice in this a lot of times. We get out of bed. We go to work. 
I got to persevere. I got to put one foot in front of the other. Uh, we kind of just trudge through life sometimes like that. We don't. Uh, we got to go to work because the bill man ain't stopping his machine over there. He's rolling on. So I look at that a lot of times. Um, that's some unintentional perseverance we do. The other one, remaining steadfast in purpose. I look at this kind of like intentional perseverance. A lot of times we have a reason and a goal to pursue something, like Jim was talking about with the kids. There's something that we see on the other side of the, the wall that we want to get to. Uh, but it doesn't always have an end result. But a lot of times we do this We do this with joy because it's something we really want to do. Um, so persevering in the Christian life is not always easy. Some of us create our own problems, as I did, trying to fill an empty void in my life with things that were worldly and not of God. I had realized that I was my own biggest obstacle to the life God had intended for me, when, which, he, which he tells us in Jeremiah 20, uh, 29, 11, 29, 11, and 12, that he has a hope and a future for us. Some people are victims of terrible circumstances, such as the McLean family. They lost a two-year-old child a couple weeks ago to an unfortunate incident. My heart breaks for them, and I can't even imagine how they move forward each day. How do you persevere through that with a loving heart? How can you not be mad at God? How can he allow such things to happen? They'll have a lot of intentional and unintentional perseverance in the next weeks and months and days and years. I haven't spoken to either of them, but I've been informed and and kind of kept up with what a lot of the online posts say. But I have spoken with someone that had a first-hand conversation with them, and I'll share what they told me. They said they needed a miracle that that Saturday morning. The incident had happened Friday night. But from what I understand, as they were dealing with the tragic possibilities, it didn't take long for God to reveal to them that the miracle of their son Michael was going to be through the organ donor program. Michael's life and his tragedy would be used to give other children an opportunity to establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. The way we learn to persevere in these situations is through the hope that Christ gave us when he won the only battle that needed to be fought, eternally speaking. A good friend of mine once said, I don't know how people live without hope. And by that, what he really means is I don't know how people live without the hope of Christ. It's been proven time and time again that if you put your hope in man, that you will be inevitably be disappointed. Persevering in the hope that Christ gave us when he died on the cross is a much better option. I believe that the McLeans have put their hope in Jesus and what God has promised us about eternal life. Sometimes life is all about perspective. So why do we persevere? Doesn't it often seem like it's easier? The easier option would be just to give up and let someone else deal with the challenging things of life. We persevere because a better life is possible. In Matthew 13, 45 and 46, it says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Life and grace cause just like the pearl in the scripture, 
but you soon realize there is no cost too great once you've experienced God's grace and mercy. But it takes effort on our part to receive and maintain that life. Persevering and growing in relationship with Christ is not going to be easy, but it will be the most rewarding thing you could ever do in life. God has never turned his back on me, and he's always answered the bell. There have been many times in my life I wanted to throw in the towel, and I am sure that it will continue as long as I walk this earth. Going back to old ways sometimes seems easier, and Satan knows my weaknesses, and he exploits them. But in 2008, I realized I didn't have to do this alone. I can remember as if as this is yesterday. I was sitting between mom and dad's house and my brother and my sister-in-law's house on a golf cart. And I remember saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. So if you want something done with me, you're going to have to do it. Well, like I said, he never turns his back on you. (laughs) From that day forward, I've never been alone. I can't explain exactly what happened other than God took away any pain I had and gave me hope. He did something for me that I couldn't do for myself. And at that point, I realized how mighty God is and how big his love for me is. Not only do we persevere for ourselves, though, we have to remember this. We also persevere for others. This one is easy to lose sight of. God has a plan for each of us, but we often are so self-consumed that we don't see how our relationship with Christ and how we navigate the good and bad situations in life impacts others. Whether we like it or not, those that we come in contact with each day are impacted by the things we do and say. Now, there is a security that comes from encountering Christ, surrendering one's will to God, and accepting the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This statement goes against everything that men and women are led to believe in our culture. Submit and surrender, absolutely not. We prefer to attempt by me, to persevere by the means of our own willpower. And I've tried it, but God's way is much easier. There will be bumps in the road, and you'll have some doubts some days, but remember that staying in touch with Christ, Christ is a lifelong process. Achieved through perseverance and the hard work of remaining open to God's persistent love. We must always remind ourselves that Jesus Christ is the source of eternal life in us. You can find that in John 15, 1 through 11. There is no other way, and in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we strengthen, strengthen the life of God in us. We must persevere to maintain contact with Jesus Christ through prayer, the sacraments, and the living word. Moments such as communion can be life-changing. I have the opportunity to serve the children in this church in a monthly communion service. My perceptions of the seriousness of this event changed immediately. It made me realize how pers- my perseverance to grow in my relationship with Christ will impact those around me. As we persevere, we must also maintain and grow our relationships with other Christians. This is where you guys come in. Back when I started attending church here, not long after Addie and her family were so gracious and lucky to meet me, uh, uh, they know what I mean. That's what this whole talk's about, is that whole family, perseverance, huh? Uh, 
But in all seriousness, not once in the five-plus years I've been attending here have I felt unwell, unwell or unloved. While we may have our differences or not see everything exactly the same all the time, one thing remains constant. This is a loving church. And we persevere to show the love of Christ. My challenge to us for 2019 is to find ways to take this to a bigger scale outside the confines of this building. How do we show that love that you showed me and build more and broader relationships that will continue to bring others to Christ? We are called to be an avenue that God can use to reach believers and non-believers. So what happens when we persevere to grow in our relationship with Christ and others? We will have Christ's presence in our life. Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them, was Jim mentioned in his prayer. I often think we underestimate the power of such scriptures. I can't say that I will always understand the things that happen and why they happen. But I do know that Christ is with me each and every day. I know I have a close group of friends in this church, people in my family, and at work that God has put in my life to help me persevere. For me, my perseverance, as well as the perseverance of my friends and family and my co-workers, has brought me to a great place in my life. As I learned to stay the course, God became more and more a part of my life. As I persevered and was seeking Christ, it has allowed him to mold me into what he had intended for my life. If you guys, if any of y'all were at prime time uh, before Christmas, I told a little story about I mentioned how our dog at the house. He likes to get Addie's packages that they deliver and drop off. They're the ones that come in little plastic bags about this big. And he is a uh, master, well, I ought to call him an undertaker because he can bury stuff that I can't find. Um, and I had talked about in that, I guess, that Wednesday night about how I felt like when I saw that, I realized how we take our sins sometimes and we bury them. And we put them off to the side and we stick them over in the corner up under the zelia bush and we pray to God that nobody else finds out about it and we just move on. Well, about a week ago or so, I got home and he dug that one of them sins up. So out in the yard is these little pants that Addie had been looking for for a month. They're not harmed now. He took care of them things he, for like a prized bone. They were in good shape, but it also reminded me as to how as we move through life, we can bury those cinders all we want. But as we persevere to know Christ, we have to dig those sins up, and we've got to face them. It is how we persevere and grow through, persevere and grow through these instances that strengthens our, strengthens our relationship with Christ. When I look back at 2007, 2008, I can assure you at that point, I never thought I'd be standing here sharing with you what God had done for me in my life and what he can do for you. But it's the least I can do. He's done so much for me. Through my perseverance to know Christ, he has provided relationships at work, in my family, in this church, with my wife and kids that I don't believe are possible without Christ. Relationships where the common bond is Christ. No condemnation. And the expectation is for progress, not perfection. My hope and prayer for each of you is that if you don't know the freedom that comes from pursuing and maintaining a relationship with Christ, is that you will continue persevering to find that freedom. Knowing who Christ is in your life and showing who Christ is in your life are two different things. When you persevere, it will be evident to those around you, that you are pursuing God each and every day. 
It won't mean you're perfect. You don't need to be perfect. God only needs progress, not perfection. Now, as I go through this, I mean, I think about this, and I want you guys to know this. I get it wrong a lot, way more than I wish I did. And I guess that's why God has shared with me the last two or three months. When Jim asked me to do it, it didn't take me long to figure out what I needed to be speaking or not because God beats me over the head with a two-by-four all the time. Uh, I have to stay the course. I have to persevere. Um, I get it wrong a lot. Um, and that's okay. Um, but the one thing I want you to know, you don't have to do this alone. Okay? Susan, you don't have to do this alone. We persevere together. All right? We're not called to do it alone. That's part of the wonderful thing about the fellowship of Christians. Um, but one thing I know that it, the, the way that we can really persevere, and I know Jim talks about it a lot, and I don't have a, like I told him, I don't have a fancy spiel here at the end. We're winding up. Uh, but as we sing the last song, I encourage you, if there's something you need to persevere through, don't you be afraid. I don't want these kids to be afraid to come down here. Okay? I don't want, I don't want to raise children in this church to be afraid to come here and think that if you come down here, there's something wrong. Because there's not. Okay? That goes for, I don't care if you're 8 or 80. I want you to be able to come down here and know that there's not anything wrong with you. Matter of fact, there's something very right with you if you come down here and get on your hands and knees and give it to God. So as we close, listen, if you want to stay at your seat, if it's in your car next Tuesday, I don't care. Please give it to God, okay? If you have to get on your hands and knees at the house this afternoon, it doesn't matter to me. Um, But I don't want people to be afraid in this church to come down here afraid of the perspective of someone else. Um. That's it. I just want to thank each and every one of you for being here today. I love each and every one of you. I hope you know that God loves you. He loves each and every one of you right where you are. And you're going to fail each and every day. That's just part of life. Um, I love each and every one of you. I know y'all got to look at the back of my head. Uh, but uh, I thank y'all for being here. I thank you for what each and every one of you does in this church. Um, this church has big things in front of it. Uh, we have loving people uh, who want to do for others. Um, so I thank you for what you've done for me. I thank you for what you do for my family, my immediate family and my extended family. Um, and I just praise God that I be here. Um, I'm going to close in prayer, and then we'll move on. Holy Father, we thank you for today. Uh, I thank you for the things that you provide to us, the opportunities you give us. Just give us uh, eyes to see and ears to hear when those opportunities are provided. Lord, I just ask that I go as, as we leave here today, we leave here with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.